Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Lama Taboo. This season, along with our regular episodes, we're doing a series of shorter bonus episodes where we answer questions submitted by listeners like you. And these have actually been a ton of fun for us to answer. So if you have anything you've been wanting to ask, please send your questions to lamataboot at gmail.com and we may do an episode based on your question. Last, please visit lamataboot.com where you can find all our episodes with their musical pairings, information about how you can learn to meditate, and a donate button. If you enjoy what we do here, please consider making a monthly or a one-time donation to help cover the various costs involved in the production of this show. We deeply appreciate your following the podcast, but most importantly, we appreciate your practice of meditation. Thank you for every instant you dedicate to waking up on the cushion and throughout your day. We're rooting for you. How about this listener question? Do you ever deal with active stress or anxiety? Definitely the answer is yes. This is an area where really the teaching of emptiness becomes very directly applicable and practical because one of the big things as far as getting the leverage to work with stuff like stress and anxiety when they come up during the day is kind of having the room, at least in our conceptual uh, reality, to not immediately have a fixed attitude toward those sensations or experiences like you know giving them room to to be there and then you know on one hand it's simple like we could just say in a way I think that the approach is um to sort of let those things be there without our typical fixation uh on them I mean I don't think that the development of meditative practice or experience eliminates those elements of our experience. Um, it's just sort of thing where our relationship to things like stress and anxiety kind of change, and, and maybe we don't have as quick of a response to it as we normally do. Like, oh no, you know, I don't want to feel this way, it's not healthy, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, sort of learning to see those experiences as kind of patterns of energy that can just be there basically is how I've come to try to relate to it over the course of my day. And then what I've learned from my own experience with anxiety is that, um, you know, the, the more you don't want it to be there, uh, the more it is there. I mean, that kind of, Hmm. when that sort of thing comes up and we immediately have a, reaction of aversion to it right i mean that's kind of what continues it on for longer than it normally would i think or that you know that kind of that's what the uh anxiety feeds on is that kind of aversion energy i think Mm. Mm -hmm. because maybe in the first place anxiety is a kind of aversion to experience you know yeah yeah but in any case, I mean, I don't know. That's uh, basically, I think the point is, is that we have to learn how to just allow anxiety to be there. That may seem like a simplistic answer, but I think that's actually true. And and of course, 
on uh, on the other hand, I think consistent meditation does reduce our experience of anxiety, or it definitely can. I mean, I'm not trying to say that like yeah. you meditate and nothing ever changes. Things do definitely change, but the point is that anything can also arise in your experience, and we have to kind of also as we become generally calmer and less uh, anxiety-ridden, I think we also have to be ready to accommodate those experiences with a kind of attitude of equanimity rather than saying, oh, no, here comes anxiety again. You know, we always have to have room for accommodating whatever arises, and we can't always know what's going to arise. So, you know, that's kind of the point, I think. Yeah, This does relate to when we talked about working with emotions because what we would label as anxiety or stress is is actually that, a label Uh uh, that we give to what seems to be a familiar upsurge of energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was reading something recently about how like strong emotions actually only last like 90 seconds on average. Mm Mm-hmm. But we grab onto them or we try to push them away. And in so doing, we extend their life. Right, you know, right. So if we could just be present with the emotion without jumping into a story uh, or blame, you know, or narrative, things like that, then, then these strong emotions would, like everything else, pass away and into something else. But the problem is that we when we have these strong emotions, we have such a habitual pattern of turning into the story to distract ourselves away from the sensation, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is really kind of funny, right? Because we don't, we, we all kind of feel like probably like we don't like stress, you know, we don't want right, stress. Right, right. But the way we usually try to distract ourselves from stress is, uh, uh, is many times like thinking about the stress and <laughs> thinking about right. what's causing it and what it is and how awful it is it's happening to us and um, and it's those kind of things that that extend its its life. So the more that we can think about these upsurges of strong energy, whatever they are, um, the more we can think about just being present with them, staying with them for a minute without a story, mm-hmm. just like we do in shamatha, you know, like like we do in basic uh, mindfulness meditation, just putting our attention on the feeling. Right. And when we notice that we're thinking about it or, or labeling it or evaluating it, that's when we just notice and bring our attention back to whatever that feeling is. And I've told several people just even in the last week, Mitchell, about our how to meditate book study and how much that impacted you and I Mm -hmm. after three years of the traditional Tibetan Buddhist three-year retreat. Like to me, that was the key at the end after the retreat was over, Mm. was doing that book study and learning about this specific instruction about emotions. Like that to me made so much clear about everything we'd done so intensively for so long. Like this was really kind of the, like I don't want to say like the magic pill, but it kind kind of was, you know, right. like it kind of like made it all click. Like oh, like you you can just be with that energy, you right. know, and mm-hmm. and and it's a practice that 
I only started in earnest within the last year, you know, and it, and so it's very fresh for me to think about what it feels like to try to do what I'm describing right now, and it's mm-hmm. it's challenging instruction to hear for people, and it's it's an interesting and challenging instruction to try to apply, mm-hmm. you know, because what's it mean to sit with those uncomfortable feelings? But I can tell you, right. I've been doing it now for <laughs> for months, and it's really an amazing technique and it feels weird you know because we do relate stories to these feelings so often so a lot of it is just breaking slowly and gradually breaking the habit of telling stories along with the these energies but even doing it a little bit interrupts the habit Mm -hmm. you know and that's so important to just begin to interrupt the inertia of what we've been doing, you know, turning this energy into a story where we're at the center and other people are outside of that center, you know? Definitely. Um, so stress and anxiety is a great... Because th- really, like, as soon as you're thinking, I'm stressed out, that's a story, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's something really... And I could, I'm telling you from my own experience, like, there's something really nice about noticing that and going... I'm going to drop that story for a second and just let's check in with how I actually feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like not the not the name of it, not the blame of it. You know, like I'm just going to check in with how I feel and rest in that feeling here for a minute, even if it feels what seems to be uncomfortable. Um, that there's really something powerful in that, and that's really what it means. Like if you think you're stressed or you think you're anxious, that's a good time to drop the story and just be with the sensation for a couple seconds because that's probably all you're going to get, mm-hmm. <laughs> really. But but it's important. Those couple sections are super important. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, maybe another way of describing the state of mind that we could, you know, work with these kind of experience experiences in is to kind of invoke that attitude of like real almost stubborn simplicity because mm. we kind of have to have that like unyielding almost like non-caring kind of attitude to whatever comes up internally because uh in a sense whatever comes up is is equal in its value all of those things are kind of uh relative expressions of awareness you know the point being that a lot of time when uh the sort of triggering ones like strong sense of anxiety come up we need to get in the habit of basically sort of internally taking the um stance of like okay like this is no better or worse than anything else that might come up for me you know Mm. um Mm -hmm. because that's what situates us in that attitude of equanimity like genuinely like basically like i don't give a shit that this is coming up you know i can just be here for this and that Mm -hmm. that kind of really is the space that like you were saying kind of allows um, our emotions to just be treated equally and like come up and find their expression and go away, you know? And so this is all just to be clear, I've more like on the internal level of process. Like I'm not saying 
you just go along, whatever comes up is fine, and you just do whatever you want, you know? Yeah. But, like, internally, I think there's definitely room for us to step way out and be a little bit daring or even kind of outlandish with our attitude, like, I'm here for whatever comes up, you know? I'm I'm just, it's all kind of of equal value on a certain level. And, like, even if we're not totally there, I think it's kind of worth, pushing ourselves into that territory a little bit, you know, and just seeing how it feels to, to take that kind of stance and even sort of relate to our emotional life that way. Like, you know, it's kind of all just food for me, so to speak. And like, it's tremendously, uh, a tremendously rich, potentially liberating area because, you know, we start to see that actually those things don't have like ultimate leverage over us, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, to to bring it back to uh, like practical application, I think that the attitude of simplicity and the attitude of equal value of whatever arises is really important. And I, I like what you said about trying even like the outlandishness of it, because these kinds of instructions are always, I think a little confounding for people because these are strong emotions we're talking about and they're common strong emotions. So people ask these questions because they've tried Mm -hmm. to get rid of stress and to get rid of anxiety and they're still having it. (laughs) So I would just say like as outlandish as this stuff may sound, it's worth a try, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. like, nothing else has worked up to now. So, like, let's give something new a shot. You know, like, we know the equation, what follows from stress and not wanting stress. Right. Like, we know what that leads to. So, like, what if we do stress plus not a story and see what, what is after the equal sign there, you know? So... Yeah, um, yeah. I think from... If we just go ahead and fully go there, like, from the uh, sort of Vajrayana Buddhist point of view... The real outlandishness, I think, is that, you know, we're not even trying to get rid of stress, really. I think that's important to bring up because it's really practical and an authentic point of view, basically. I mean, to me, that's... You mean we don't want to or we aren't trying? Can you say some more about that? Yeah, I mean, from the point of view of of our practice, I think the idea is not really to try to, like, get rid of stress, or anxiety. The idea is mm-hmm. to have the somewhat daring disposition that those things are ultimately of equal value within awareness. Like the fact that anxiety comes up is really no better or worse than if I feel great about the song that comes on the radio. You know, those are all little things that come up within um, the fundamental kind of ground of our being, and they can all kind of be accommodated and seen through, uh, as far as their expression. And, you know, we just have room for everything. We can accommodate everything. And that kind of outlandish simplicity is actually very important. Uh, I think from this point of view, because like you're saying, there's part of us that knows that any kind of like temporary, you know, if we calm down a little bit through our meditation practice, that's fine. 
and good. And, you know, if we become less stressed, that's fine. But we know somehow, I think, that those aren't, like, ultimate conclusions or ultimate cures for the kind of existential situation that we find ourselves in. It's like we all kind of know there's got to be more than that because, like, I've tried to, like, reduce stress and anxiety and, you know, it keeps coming back and, like, I haven't really resolved that uh, phenomenological experience. You know, that hasn't been resolved. Um, I haven't situated myself to that reality yet in a way that's given me any kind of real resolution, you know? So... Um, Mm -hmm. there's something that's kind of, uh, outlandish and exciting because it's true that's presented in our tradition, which is that actually our practice is not even really trying to get rid of any of these things. We're talking about basically reframing the whole thing, which, uh, with much more, uh, room to move in and much more kind of dynamic, creating a more dynamic relationship to all of these energies that come through us. Yeah, yeah. And also to the practical aspect of it, a a consistent basis of meditation practice will reduce the intensity of these upswells of energy. You know, like that's... On the one hand, we've been talking about what you do in a moment of this upswell of energy, but uh, there's a quote I heard attributed to Rinpoche that I really like, which is, um, and it's related to to keeping up your daily practice of meditation. I'm told that he said, uh, when it's time to shit, it's too late to build the outhouse. Right. The idea being here that, you know, when stress comes up, you want to have already built the framework in which to experience it in the the easiest way, you know, and that would be through establishing your daily practice of meditation. So um, just running for a meditation when you're stressed out um, may not do it on its own, you know? Uh, But one thing I was going to say is there is a, a quick meditation that Alcon Rinpoche taught that Lama Kathy put into a document that I'll, I'll share on the website. And it's a quick meditation for calming down. Uh-huh. And it's the only time I've seen a practice like that, I think, in the Buddhist tradition that's, that's specifically designed to calm you down in the moment. So I'll share that on, on the webpage for whatever episode this is on. But I think that it's good to have things like that. And in a way, you can find a billion of these things. You know, the right. Calm app is one, you know, headspace. There's a a zillion YouTube videos of people offering meditations that can calm you down. And as we've discussed before on the podcast, that's not primarily what we're here to talk about. But you may well want one of those meditations to have at hand when you are particularly stressed out and you've tried dropping the story and you've done as much as you can do, you know, because there are times where we need to calm down, Mm -hmm, you know, and mm -hmm. so... That's a different kind of meditation, you know, than most of the Buddhist meditations we talk about that target self-clinging and attachment. But it's good to have ways that you can, in the moment, calm yourself down. And simple techniques are even things just like box breathing, you know, five in, hold five, five out, 
hold five. You know, those are simple methods people have taught forever in terms of calming down. And the uh, the quick meditation to calm down that Akon Rinpoche taught has a version of that. It's more of like a triangle breath, but um, it also has some visualization and things like that. So I'll share that because it is really helpful if you just need to calm down in the moment. But like we've talked about for uh, you know the history of this podcast, there's a, a root problem that's left unsolved when we just try to calm ourselves down in the moment. And it's the root problem that our main practice needs to be targeting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we can put ourselves in a position where stress and anxiety are not a big deal and we don't need to turn to some sort of method to calm down in the moment. Like we can achieve a level of tranquility where those things don't upset the the boat, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, and something that comes to mind as far as, like, the development of a consistent meditation practice, you know, which is such an important point, maybe that would be the most important takeaway, you know, is to get regular practice into your system consistently. But what happens as we do that is that all experience kind of sticks less so to speak you know yeah everything just kind of comes and goes a little more freely and that includes positive and negative experiences which is like such a relieving prospect you know yeah the the fact that we just don't get pulled around quite so much by anything so I think that might actually be kind of the simplest way to say a lot of things that maybe I've gotten a little wordy with. It's like things just kind of stick less and you have room for everything. The only way that really happens is through consistent practice. Practice that frames your life before the situations where you have experiences come up. So, yeah. This is fun. Just doing this has been really fun, these questions. 